0: Hello and welcome to Know Your True Self, a show dedicated to raising the consciousness of humanity. I'm James.
1: Hey, I'm Samantha.
0: Welcome back to a new episode. Today we're going to be talking about something critically important because I feel like it's something we all deal with, quieting the mind, right? Our mind seems like it's in overdrive a lot. We're always thinking, there's always thoughts surfacing, and how do we find a little bit of peace by creating some space between our thoughts?
1: Yeah, man, sometimes I just lay in bed at night, and my mind is just running wild. And it's in those moments when your mind is running wild, where you almost forget how to stop it and how to kind of rein it in. So it's a constant practice figuring out why you're having certain thoughts and how to quiet them before they get out of control,
0: right? Because when it comes to decision making and work, and when we're engaged in daily activities, sometimes we're searching for our mind to be active we're looking to solve problems we're digging into schemas or constructs of information that we have and we're taking all of those constructs of information in our short-term memory our long-term memory all these experiences and that's helping us create logic and thinking and solve problems and unleash creativity then other times we're filled with worries and stress and fear and those start to surface (laughs) to your point at night. Sometimes (laughs) there's a mixture of all of it coming together and it's like, how do we just find peace and and chill out a little bit? And whether that's in the morning when you wake up or the afternoon or at night or anywhere in between, you know, it's not just about thought observation. When we talk about, you know, the observation of thought is one thing, but it's also creating space between our thoughts. That's fundamental to our well-being.
1: I feel like a big thing that's been helpful for me is knowing that work obviously triggers a lot of thought for me. When I first wake up in the morning, I try not to check my phone immediately because if I do that, my mind will just start spiraling between like emails and meetings and you just kind of get down this rabbit hole of thought. So I think carving out, you know, just even like a half hour for yourself in the morning where you're not checking your phone, maybe you're just meditating a little bit, having breakfast, going outside. That sets the tone for me at least of a more quiet mind throughout the day. And then the same thing for when I go to sleep. If I'm checking my email like until I go to sleep, you know, it's not going to be a very restful night. So, you know, at least like an hour or two before you go to sleep, just turning everything off. I find it really helps to quiet my mind when I do that.
0: Yeah, the morning can be tough there's that natural instinct for us. We're grabbing our phone sometimes, you know, checking things, maybe even a 100 times a day. And we don't even realize it. we're always on alert. And it's sort of the instinct just to go to that device and start looking at it right away. I know even myself, I don't look at my phone until after I've had breakfast. It's part of my routine. And Sometimes if I'm making something to eat, I know oatmeal is going to take 10 minutes. And I'm like, all right, there's about seven minutes of meditation in there because three of those minutes I'm concerned, is it boiling or is it done? <laughs> you know? But I know that there's a sweet spot where I can quiet my mind inside of there. and And it is difficult because there is a natural draw for my subconscious to want to know what's going on inside of there. Even if I don't necessarily have something specific going on, it's still a trigger and a trigger we have to be aware of. And just making sure that in the morning routine, we do have some time to work our way into it and to set some expectations for ourselves on how we're going to approach the day and not all of a sudden go into sort of self-induced panic mode for no reason, (laughs) which all of a sudden you check one thing and then you're checking everything. And then next thing you know, you're frazzled while you're taking a shower, you're frazzled and you're in a state of just sort of, stress and anxiety just based on turning this thing on and, and looking at it you know so when you do start the morning if it's keeping your phone off or going to bed when it's in airplane mode and just not a not addressing that device's existence until you've got your own energy system intact
1: when my mind is just kind of spiraling a little bit or really busy, Changing my physical state in some way is really helpful. So whether it's, you know, taking a shower, I go to a sauna nearby, which is really helpful, or getting some exercise in, just get like 10 minutes of cardio. And even in the middle of the day, if you have to just take a mental break, that physical activity, I feel like is such a, it's like a shower for the mind. It's it's so refreshing and it just kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. You can come back to your day feeling more grounded and and not caught up in all of your thoughts
0: it's a good point that physical activity and a workout doesn't have to be a dedicated 30 45 minutes to going to the gym just something small can make a big difference you know taking 10 minutes 15 minutes i know when it's really cold outside i can't go outside to ride my bmx bike so i have this little tiny stepper in here and it's (laughs) a little portable hundred dollar stepper and it's not that glamorous but just by engaging in that and getting my blood flowing and getting my endorphins going, it really helps release everything that's in me and prepare me for what's next. Because as we're navigating the day, it's not just one train of thought that's coming in. You have multiple ones hitting from a business level, a personal level, and those lines have been blurred so much as we've been working from home to create those spaces for us where we can let go of our thought and then come back with a clear head to address a new problem, a, a new situation that deserves our really focused attention. So we're not trying to multitask, not just work, but multitask our thoughts, which seems <laughs> like it's just a juggernaut of unhealthy behavior and activity we have to go through.
1: So find those moments either during the day or in the morning where you could get some physical activity. Another thing that really helps me get out of my head is... I know it's kind of old school, but just creating a to-do list, (laughs) you know, if you have tons of thoughts in your head swimming around of, it's usually things you have to do or things you don't want to forget about. I literally just write it down on a piece of paper and somehow it makes me feel better knowing that those thoughts won't be lost. A lot of times we circulate thoughts in our head because we're like, oh, don't forget to do this or this or this, this is coming up. So just putting it down in a calendar or on a piece of paper, we have a little bit of a sticky note on a refrigerator, which I write on sometimes with a dry erase marker, but the point is get your thoughts out of your head and onto a piece of paper, and you can even use it as a journaling exercise. You can journal about your concerns, your fears, your hopes, your dreams, whatever you, whatever's on your mind. And sometimes even putting it on paper will make it seem a lot less important. Once you write it down, you're like, oh, that's silly to even be thinking about that or worrying about that. So it gives it less power. Um, when you write it down, and you can even rip it up afterwards if you want to make a ceremony out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just don't burn it in your house. Go go outside (laughs) if, if you want to release it, but I love the idea of writing things down, and what's brilliant about that too is we do have a lot of magical thoughts that happen during the day that we wish we captured, and then we don't capture them, and then our mind goes into overdrive, oh, I can't believe I forgot that thought I really there was something so important mm-hmm. there, especially when we engage in creativity and decision making because our greatest sources of creativity happen when we're in a sort of meditative state going into a deep sleep state, that's when we're in like theta waves, delta waves. That's the creative level of consciousness. And first thing when we wake up, the creative level of consciousness. That's why those great ideas happen when you're in the shower in the morning. And and not that you need a dry erase board in your shower, but (laughs) it's nice to know if you have something close by, you can can really address those thoughts. I think also, too, just something that I love to do to clear my mind is just to spend time in nature. Mm. You know, we're really fortunate we're on a park, or adjacent to a park in our apartment building, and sometimes just going out there, don't take your phone with you, and even if you have a a really small park by you, I remember when I lived in New York City, just walking in laps around Madison Square Park, which is pretty small, and just looking at the flowers, the tulips, the the city squirrels, or (laughs) where we are, there's some really awesome turtles that hang out and just look at the vibration of nature and everything that's going on. And it it really just puts you in that transcendental state when you sort of surrender to the natural environment and just enjoy being in it. I love to meditate in nature. Sometimes it's too hot, so it's not as comfortable for me, especially in the summer in Texas, but just that connection with nature and that connection with nature can be at a, a level where you're going outside, but There's so many shows on television that, you know, Tiny World and all these Mm -hmm. things where you really just get to not be thinking about everything that we have to deal with as humans, but really just zone out to the beauty that's going on inside of nature. And you don't even have to listen to the talk track. You can just turn the volume down, turn on some really good music that you like and create this sort of mashup experience right at home. That's that's really amazing.
1: Reminds me of how we have the Yule log on a lot during the winter. (laughs) It's just a very peaceful thing to kind of meditate on. Um, But yeah, nature is awesome. If you've ever looked out into the ocean, it just is immediately calming because you realize how vast it is and how small and honestly unimportant all of our worries are. Yeah, that's why I love being in nature.
0: Truly a transcendental state, really amazing. And Another thing that I love to do, which I feel like as adults, we just don't do enough is play. And, you know, (laughs) it's like we take everything so seriously. And even at work, you know, I see everyone's face on, on the grid on Zoom calls and everyone puts on these workplace personas and it feels like there's so much heaviness to it. And here we are solving really awesome problems, working together, collaborating and Yes, I know that there's a seriousness to work, but there's also a joy in bringing levity into life experiences and making sure that we take time to appreciate the joy of playing with each other and playing little games with each other, getting to know each other in interesting ways. Then also on our own time, pick up some old toys that you used to love as a kid. Keep them on your desk. You know, next time you're out at Walgreens picking up something at the pharmacy, go to the toy area get some cool stuff, get some board games, play some Jenga, you know, really get back into that brain state that you were when you were a kid because when you start playing those games that you love and and you're getting back into them, you start firing up old neuron chains that are or really bring you so much joy and peace and contentment. And I love to play pinball. That's probably my great escape. It's is like if I can make it to the arcade here in Austin and just play pinball for 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, I become so unconsciously engaged in it. And you talk about states of flow and work, a state and flow of work is awesome. It's a high skill, high challenge situation, problem solving and all of a sudden you look up, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for like five hours. I can't believe it. You, you lose yourself in your passion. And when you engage in play, you can do that really quickly is you start just to have fun with what you're doing. If you have kids at home, a great source of inspiration just to play pretend for a little while. We can make this as painful as we want it to be, or we can make this as wonderful as we want it to be. And, you know, just making sure that we're keeping ourselves open and, and quieting our mind through all these different awesome levels of, of engagement and connection and, and joy that we can all share while we're doing all of this. Something we undervalue and underutilize so much as we become adults.
1: It can seem counterintuitive to play when you're trying to solve a tough problem. You're like, oh, I, I don't have time for play. I have to be thinking about this thing or solving this thing. But Often when you create that mental break and just let go a little bit, the answer will come to you naturally. You know, you don't have to concentrate and work so hard to find the answer. The answer is there. The answer is in the ether. You just have to let yourself perceive it most of the time and just chill out a little bit to be able to soak that in.
0: I know sometimes I feel like we're under the illusion that the more that we think about something, the more we're addressing solving the problem. It's- I've been in that situation with coworkers and clients, and it's not actually getting to task. It's more a state of fret and worry about how you're going to solve this problem. And you can't force yourself to engage in critical thinking and creativity. You have to have a clear mind and open mind to solve problems and not be encumbered by the onslaught of thoughts that are surfacing of how am I going to solve this by tomorrow? I have three other things I need to solve. Oh my gosh, if I don't get this right, what's my boss going to think? This is so important. My job relies on this. And we get so caught up in that narrative that as that narrative's going on, there's one thing we're not doing, solving the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like we just need to clear ourselves to solve that problem. That's why like Thomas Edison probably one of the greatest inventors. I mean, all of the patents he has is absolutely amazing. Every time he ideated, he had this really cool technique where he would sit on a chair and he would put a coin on the end of his knee and a metal tin by his feet. So as he started to nod off, the coin would fall on the tin, the ding would wake him up. And that's when he'd come up with ideas. And it was You know, finding a space where he wasn't encumbered by all of the thoughts of what he was going to come up with with an idea. He would have the seed of a problem he was trying to solve and then get in that theta state and delta state and then have that awakening aha moment. And when we have that aha moment... It's not when we're thinking about it. It just comes to us, like you're saying. The answers are out there. We don't have to Google them. We don't always have to be searching for them in the internet. They exist in the universe because everything that we've created is spawned by universal intelligence. I mean, nature is the greatest source of inspiration for everything.
1: Another thing that is helpful sometimes, if you have a really pesky thought that's just recurring and playing over and over in your head, like that was happening for me a bit last night, I was stuck in my head about something and I just talked to you about it and said, here's what I'm thinking, You know, I can't get this out of my head. And you were able to quiet my thoughts pretty quickly just talking through it together. And so I think if you have someone you trust that you can just talk about it with, and sometimes if you're having a thought about a certain situation or person, let's say if it's in the workplace, just talking to that person directly, just be open and honest with them about like, hey, here's what's on my mind. Uh, let's let's talk about it. How do you feel? Let's let's problem solve together. Sometimes we're so afraid to even just have a conversation with each other. You know, we're all on the same team um, in many respects. So we shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations, get your thoughts out there, talk to the people you need to talk to, and just be open and vulnerable with them.
0: It's such a release just for us to get that on the table. That's what therapy's for, (laughs) right? Yeah. And we can be sources of therapy for each other and helping release these thoughts because it can be something that's happening just in personal life and work and everywhere else in between that just to have a sounding board because we know from the earlier conversations we've had on self-awareness all of that negative self-talk that we have has to be addressed because our mind is playing tricks on us. It's filling us with false beliefs. And sometimes it just takes someone else to talk to us to help us realize that what we're telling ourselves is not the reality, it's not the truth, and that we can just quickly transform that way of thinking into something more positive. And all of a sudden, we found more peace and not held on to something that could have really belabored us for the whole day, a week, or even a month.
1: Yeah, you can even coach yourself through it a little bit. I think you made a great point about the things that we're holding on to and how much truth is really behind them. Just ask yourself if you're having a thought, you know, which part of this thought is based in reality, like the hard facts of what's going on and which of this is a story that I'm making up in my head. (laughs) Most of the time, it's a story, like all of it, if not most of it. So then you have to ask yourself, well, is this story serving me or hurting me? Most of the time it's hurting you if you're belaboring on it. So uh, even just coaching yourself through those simple questions is like, oh, well, I can just release that. I can just stop telling myself that story and deal with the facts of the matter, which are probably not that big a deal.
0: There's all of these different techniques that we can do. And then there's also meditation. And I know I talked about that at the beginning of this episode a little bit. And the biggest thing with meditation is not to make it so complicated, to really make it an individual, personal experience. I know when I learned meditation, my father had given me a a great CD set from Jod Kabat-Zinn, and it was simple meditation techniques. And it was nice because I got to learn what I consider the fundamentals of, of meditation. Then I read the TM technique by Peter Russell, and now, I meditate just organically at different parts in the day when I just feel like there's nothing else to do rather than getting stressed out about a moment that's happening or being impatient or waiting. If I have a few minutes, just chill out and release my thoughts. And far too often, I feel like now it's great that there's all of this technology to help us and guide us and apps, but the whole point about meditation is not needing (laughs) <laughs> to be attached to the device that's the source of this anxiety and depression. So get yourself some simple education and just practice. And you know, you just really need to sit comfortably somewhere and just focus your attention to your breathing. That is it. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know,
1: <laughs> meditation is not a product. <laughs> meditation is something we can tap into at any time. It's not something you have to buy. That's the beauty of
0: it. I sit in a chair, I have my palms up, I do my breathing techniques and it works beautifully and I can do that anywhere.
1: When I first heard about meditation, I felt this immense pressure to do it in this very structured fashion, like first thing in the morning. And the reality is some mornings I'm tired and I'm not going to get up that early. Other mornings I have to jump into something. So I don't do it religiously in the morning, but... I do find I love to meditate. Yeah. During yoga, I do yoga a lot. Um, and then after my yoga practice, I'll just lay on my mat, you know, with my palms up and do a nice visualization. I like visualization techniques, but I'm not like listening to a guided meditation. You can visualize anything. I visualize sometimes laying underneath a fountain or something like that, you know, water's washing over you or any kind of peaceful visualization you can create where there's like healing energy going into your body or coming out of your body or whatever it is, that stuff can be really powerful and helpful to quiet your mind. I know there's a lot of pressure around meditation and it's become this weird type A activity, but just try not to pressure yourself and just do it in a way that's comfortable for you. I believe you can even meditate when you're in bed, like laying down at night, whatever, who cares? You don't have to sit up, like do... Do it the way you're comfortable doing it, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've meditated in airports, doctor's offices, <laughs> anywhere yeah. anywhere you just want to not focus your attention to everything that's going on and, and just breathe. Once you start doing it on a more regular basis, the easier it becomes to release your thoughts. It, it feels so good inside of it that I don't want to go back into the physical world because when you let go of attachment to your senses, your unconscious mind's not getting fed all of these inputs, and you just have this sense of existence of your consciousness in this vast open space, and it just feels quite remarkable. I mean, it, it's a beautiful experience. It feels to me like getting a massage for my consciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's really yeah. cool.
1: I remember I was sitting on the couch one time, and listening to like reggae and that was very meditative. So you could even listen to music beat that you really like that can send you into a cool trance, whatever works for you. There's no one size fits all for meditation, but the point is to not just be on a meditation cushion in like an ashram. The point is to take a meditative state into your day-to-day life.
0: Meditating thickens the prefrontal cortex of our brain, our thinking brain. So it increases our self-awareness when we meditate, just the act of meditation increases our self-awareness as we navigate life. And then it also shrinks our amygdala. And the amygdala is where you get all of those thought impulses from, all of those thoughts that are challenging, disturbing. So the reason over time, if you start just with one minute a day, then five minutes a day, And then, you know, if you're meditating 20 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day, it doesn't have to be all at once, you're changing the chemistry of your brain to find more peace and silence these thoughts. And then if you're visualizing during it, you're sending out so much energy into universal consciousness that that's when the law of attraction comes in. So there's meditation where you're just chilling, and it's quiet and it's dark in your mind and you're turning out your senses, but then I yeah, visualizing is, is such a joy to do. And it just paints a picture. Look at all great professional athletes. They're all visualizing the outcome before it happened. So meditating and visualizing before a big presentation, when you visualize your mind, doesn't know that that didn't happen. You're telling your mind that experience happened. Now that experience is stored, Now you're just replaying it, and that's why you start having all of these wonderful, organic, well-rehearsed alternatives to situations that you haven't even experienced yet is because that memory is there. Another way, I think, just to get into a a simple meditation-esque technique is if you're becoming overwhelmed by stressful thoughts is just to start looking at sources of gratitude in your life. So if you're eating lunch, and you have your phone next to you, and you're thinking about everything you need to do, you're looking at your calendar, you're going to put your mind into absolute overdrive. But if during lunch, you leave your phone in your other room, or turn it off, no one's going to miss where you are for 20 minutes, (laughs) even though you think someone's really going to care. This is your life, put your phone down, and just appreciate what you have right in front of you and when you start showing appreciation for those things that's also going to silence the mind
1: it reminds me of sometimes we'll go for a walk around the lake here and sometimes we'll have very like rich deep discussions about what's going on in our lives or philosophical stuff like know your true self but then sometimes we'll honestly just walk and acknowledge things that are beautiful around us (laughs) and that discussion is just as rich and enjoyable and actually brings us into the present more uh, than having this really intense discussion does. Sometimes if you, if you're in this intense discussion or problem solving, you can look up and you're like, Oh wow, we're halfway around the lake already. I wasn't even on this walk, you know? So sometimes it's nice to just observe, like be like, Oh wow, that bird is beautiful. Or look at that, the way that tree is arching over the pathway. Isn't that neat? You know, just simple things like that. There's so much to observe and appreciate.
0: So all of that being said, anything else that we want to mention?
1: You are not your thoughts and you choose which thoughts you want to embrace and wrap your arms around and continue to feed and which thoughts you want to just let go.
0: And make sure that you continue to practice actions that allow you to create space between your thoughts because when you create space between your thoughts that arise from your unconscious mind, You start to appreciate what is, and you live in the present moment, and you find more peace and joy in this chaotic and unpredictable world. So thank you so much for joining in on this episode. Hope you learned a lot. Hope you take away some of the tools and tips that we talked about. Always remember you have a choice. Take an active role in your own evolution. Know your true self.